in the summer between my uh, junior year of college and my senior year of college at Indiana State, I took a job working as a server in a restaurant. How many of you have ever waited tables before in your life? Any former server? Okay, this story is going to resonate with some of you today. So I was uh, waiting tables at the Outback Steakhouse in Terre Haute, Indiana. Now, when I was going to school at ISU, there were two fancy restaurants in Terre Haute. There was the Olive Garden and the Outback. And that was as fine as the fine dining got in Terre Haute. And I was a server at the Outback. And I, I liked my job. I liked waiting tables. It made really good money. Even back in those days, I made a lot of money. It was a great job. Um, and, and here's the thing. Um, when I was waiting tables, uh, we had the busiest restaurant in town. It was crazy how busy our restaurant was. Every night, we would go on a wait for tables. Like Even like a Tuesday night, we'd have a 45-minute wait for tables. It was that busy. And I remember this one night that we were really busy. Now, I was a really good server. I don't mean to brag, don't mean to boast, but I was really good. In fact, I worked my way up to head waiter. Uh, at one point. And, and I remember this one night that we were really busy. And uh, I come around and there are six guys at my table. Uh, and, and, and one of my three tables. And there's these six guys there. And they were, they were from Canada. They were hunters who had gone down to Tennessee, Kentucky, somewhere in there to go hunting. And they were making their way back to the great white north. So I bust my tail for these guys. Because I can tell they're going to eat a lot of food. And drink a lot of beer. And they did. So I, I, I worked hard. I'm filling their waters. I, I, plenty of that wonderful, delicious Outback Steakhouse bread on the table. You know what I'm talking about, right? The delicious Outback bread. So plenty of bread on the table. Uh, and I'm, I'm clearing the tables. I'm doing everything. I'm, the salads are on. Everything's great. They, deli they eat these delicious steaks. The bill for these six guys was $120. Now, I'm not good at math, but I, in those days, I was really good at figuring out what the tip should be. <laughs> now, back in those days, tip was standard tip was about 15 percent. And I thought 120, 15 percent. I should be getting between 18 and 20 dollars. Oh, yeah. 18 to 20 bucks for an hour's worth of work. Perfect. Great. So uh, I, bring in the, I bring them the bill. They pay the bill with a credit card. They hand me the credit card statement back. And there's no tip on the credit card. Wait a minute. They probably left cash on the table, right? Because some people do that. They don't leave it on their credit card. They put cash on the table. So I wait. Now, you got to understand about waiting tables, okay? The two minutes from when a family leaves to when you go back to the table to find out how much you got a tip is like the longest two minutes of the day. It's like, oh, man, I hope I don't get hosed. So anyway, um, I got hosed. Anyway, um, I go back to the table, and, and they left cash on the table. They left cash They weren't American dollars either. <laughs> Two Canadian dollars. $120 worth of steaks and beer. And here I am busting my tail and they leave me two Canadian dollars. Now, I'm an American. A red-blooded patriot if there ever was one. And uh, I, here in America, we tip. At least we should. So... Be good to your service. Don't leave them two Canadian dollars. 
So anyway, I, I go to uh, the back of the restaurant, and in front of the entire kitchen staff and all my other fellow servers, I start tearing up these two Canadian dollars, and I throw them in the trash. Somebody's like, what are you doing? I said, what am I going to do? I'm going to drive to Toronto and order a Happy Meal? This does me no good. I was hot. I was furious. I was livid. I mean, I was hot. You know, let's face it. We don't like to, to serve people in our society. We like to be served. In fact, we expect really, really good service, don't we? We, ex we expect good service. And when we don't get it, we let them know. Right? Think about this. We will go to a restaurant that has mediocre food as long as it has good service. Because we'll, we'll say to ourselves, you know what? Maybe the food will be better next time. It's not. But it, it might be. But if, it's, if a restaurant has bad service, we won't go back. Oh, man, the food was good, but the service was terrible. Never going back there. Think about that. We expect good service. We expect to be served, and we expect to be served well. But when it comes to serving others, when it comes to being servants, we're not so good at it. Especially when we feel like it isn't appreciated. When our service, when it feels like it's been taken for granted. So we don't, we don't like to, to serve. We want to be served. But this kind of flies in the face of what God expects from us. So we're going to talk about that today as we continue in our series called Put God First. And we've been doing this series for a couple weeks now. We started a couple weeks ago by talking about how we need to seek God first. And when it comes to seeking God first, uh, we said that instead of seeking our stuff for ourselves, instead of seeking things for ourselves, we need to seek the things of God first. We need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what that means is we seek the things of God before we seek the things of ourselves. And we let God take care of everything that we need. We trust him to be our, our provider, our protector, and our healer. And that's what God does. So when we put our faith and trust in God to be our provider, our protector, and our healer, he provides everything that we need. So our, our job as Christians is to trust him. Uh, last week, we talked about loving God first and what that looks like. And when it comes to loving God first, uh, one of the things that we have to do is uh, one of the ways that we demonstrate our love for God is our love for other people. That when we, dem when we, love, when we say that we love God, we got to show it by loving other people. That's what Jesus did. Jesus demonstrated his love for God and God demonstrated his love for the world. Uh, and God demonstrated his love for the world by sending his son Jesus to die for our sins. So if you put your faith and trust in Jesus by believing in him and turning away from sin and repentance, uh, acknowledging your faith by confession and getting baptized, that when you do that, God washes away your sins and he purifies you and cleanses you and he gives you the promise of eternal life in his presence where you'll live with Jesus forever and ever. He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you spiritual gifts. There's all kinds of benefits to giving your life to Christ. There's hope and peace and joy, spiritual blessings. As well as the knowledge of knowing that you're one day going to spend forever with him. It's awesome. But God demonstrated his love for the world by sending his son Jesus. And we demonstrate our love for God by loving other people. Unconditionally, with an unconditional, unlimited, unselfish kind of love. And that's not easy. But that's what we're called to do. If we want to put God first, we've got to seek him first. We've got to love him first. We also need to... Uh, Serve him first. We'll talk about that today. Next week, we're going to talk about thanking God first as we celebrate Thanksgiving weekend. 
Uh, and then after that, we're going to do a three-week series called What a Difference a Day Makes Christmas Edition. And we're going to see how the story of Christmas changed people's lives in just a single day. And then we'll do two weeks on our 2020 vision. Uh, our, uh, we're going to end the year by recapping 2019, and we're going to start 2020 by talking about our vision for uh, the, the coming year as we get ready to celebrate our 100th anniversary as a church here in, G here in Griffith. So I'm very excited about that. Our 100th anniversary celebration starts next year. We're going to have monthly events uh, to celebrate the, the 100th anniversary uh, next year. Um, but for today, we are in the book of Romans. Now, uh, the book of Romans is a really deep theological book. Um, I tried to preach through it once when I first started in ministry. I thought, I can do this. I can tackle Romans. You know, I got about, I don't know, four verses into it before I realized I was in way over my head. And it's like, I can't do this. And I've never tried to do it since. I occasionally preach from the book of Romans, and that's what we're going to do today. Um, but when it comes to preaching straight through the book, I, I don't know that I'll ever be uh, smart enough to do that. But um, today, we're in Romans chapter 12. Now, the thing you got to know about the book of Romans is that the first 11 chapters are all very theological. It's very uh, theoretical. It's, it's why we believe what we believe and why we should believe what we believe and the theology behind grace and mercy and things like that. Um, the second part of the book, from chapter 12 on, is very practical about how we live out our faith, how we live in the light of God's grace and mercy. So that starts, that's where we're going to start today, is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. If you brought a Bible, great, turn to Romans 12. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. Somewhere in one of the chairs in front of you should be a Bible. You can turn to page 920. It's on page 920 of that Bible. Or you can follow along on your GFCC app. And if you haven't gotten the app yet, go to your app store on your phone or on your tablet, a mobile device, and search for GFCC in your app store. And you can download the app and follow along with the sermon notes there. It's right on the front page. Just click sermon notes for the, with this week's date on it. You can follow along with all the Bible verses as well as follow along uh, some, uh, to fill in some blanks. So if you haven't gotten the app yet, go to your app store, search GFCC, download the app, create an account. You can do all kinds of cool stuff with it. Get push notifications. You can give your tithes and offerings. You can also find uh, past sermons, sermons from the past too. You'll find those on the app as well. So it's a great tool to have to keep up with all things GFCC. But like I said, today we're in Romans 12, and we're going to start with the first two verses. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what Paul is saying, uh, he says, in view of God's mercy. Now let's define a couple of terms, grace and mercy. Mercy is not getting what you really deserve. And the Bible says that because of our sinfulness, because we are sinners, and because we have sinned against God time and time again, we deserve separation from God and eternal death in hell. That is what we deserve because of our sins. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And what we don't deserve is forgiveness and salvation. And God offers us grace. In his grace, he gives us an offer of salvation that we accept by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, what we don't get is, because of his mercy, is we don't get hell. Instead, we get the promise of heaven. Uh, and, and that's the difference between grace and mercy. And, and what Paul is saying is that because of God's mercy, 
How do you respond to that? He says you respond by being a living sacrifice. Now that sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like a contradiction in terms, a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, when they would sacrifice animals, they killed them. I mean, the animal was no longer alive. They, they would kill the animal as a sacrifice to God to cover over their sins or to give an offering. So they would kill an animal. Uh, animals that were sacrificed were no longer alive. Uh, and, and so when Paul says that we are to be living sacrifices, it sounds like a contradiction in terms. But what he is saying is that every day we need to lay down on the altar of sacrifice. We need to sacrifice ourselves daily uh, in order to do God's will. So what runs contradictory to God's will is our will. Our will tends to be very selfish and self-centered. God's will is his desires for us to love and serve and forgive other people like Jesus did. And so we have to lay down on that altar of self-sacrifice every single day and say, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for God. He says, this is your true uh, and, and acceptable and pleasing worship to God. This is your true act of worship. Now, I want to teach you a Greek word today. I'm going to teach you three, actually. And the first one is this word, latruo. And the word latruo means to serve or minister to. It is a word that is translated in verse 1 as worship. And here's the thing you got to understand about worship. Worship is more than just a service you attend. We'll say that, right? I'm going to go to worship. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to worship. Uh, worship is more than just an hour on a Sunday or on a Saturday night. Worship is more than just an hour of singing songs and listening to a sermon and taking communion, things like that. Worship is more than just an hour on a weekend. Worship is a lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle that begins with service. So what God is calling us to do in verse 1 of Romans 12 is to lay down our lives in service to God and other people. And this is our true act of worship. Now, worship is more, like I said, it's more than just singing a few songs. Worship is a lifestyle of service. That's what he's calling us to do. Uh, we see that... Um, this word is used in Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, where Jesus is being tempted by the devil. And it says this, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to me, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's that word, latruo, and it's used for worship and serve in this verse. That latruo word, this word to minister or to serve. We are called uh, to serve and worship God only, primarily, first. He was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. And here's a great tool that if you ever are feeling the temptation that comes from Satan, quote scripture to the devil. That's why you need to know your Bible. That's why you need to read your Bible. Quote scripture. That's what Jesus did. When the devil came to tempt him, Jesus quoted scripture. He quoted Deuteronomy 6, 13 here. It says, fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. So Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He was quoting from the Old Testament, which is a great uh, weapon against the devil. All right, keep going. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. Paul wrote, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all 
the others. So when it comes to being Christians, Paul says we need to be humble and not arrogant. We need to be, we, we should not be proud and prideful. Uh, we should be humble. We should not be conceited. We should be humble. And when we think of others more important than ourselves, we will serve them. When you think of someone as more important than yourself, you will serve them. And we serve God by serving other people. And we are called to serve God first. Um, he says that our, the church is like a body. Think about your bodies for just a moment. Uh, you have legs, you've got feet, you've got arms, you've got uh, eyes and ears, and uh, you've got a brain, some of us. Um, you've got some of you, um, but you've got uh, internal organs. You've got all these you know, different parts that make up your body. And all those parts need to be working together in unison in order to operate at peak efficiency and max effectiveness. So all your body's parts got to work together. And when part of your body doesn't work, you feel it, right? When, part, when you wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, my back, right? You know, today is not the day. Today is not a day that I'm going to operate at peak efficiency or max effectiveness because my back hurts, my knee hurts, my ankle hurts, everything hurts. Anybody? Anybody here? Yeah, yeah, there's a few of us. But so when it comes to this idea of being a body and having many parts, that's our bodies. That's our church. Our church has many different members, many different parts, and we, all, we do not all have the same function. But rather, we are to work together and to serve one another in order to serve God first. Now, look at the next three verses, verses 6 through 8. Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so Paul lists a bunch of different ways that we can get involved in the body of Christ, in the ways that we can get involved in the church. And so he says, maybe your gift is teaching or prophesying, proclaiming, preaching. If that is your gift, use it. Uh, maybe your gift is encouragement. Use it. Encourage other people. You know, we have a great way that you can encourage someone going on right now. Out in our lobby, uh, our children's pastor, Sherry, has a mailbox with some thank you cards next to it, some encouragement cards. And if you want to encourage someone here at church, take one of those cards, fill it out, and drop it in that mailbox, and Sherry will get it to the person that you want to encourage. That's a great way to encourage somebody is giving them a little note of encouragement. So I encourage, you, I encourage you to encourage someone else and to do it cheerfully and kindly. Um, he says that if your gift uh, is leading, then you should lead diligently. If your gift is generosity and giving, you should give generously. And I want you to know, I want you all to know that I am praying for you. That God would give you all the gift of generosity and giving. So that next week when we take up the offering. You will exercise your gift cheerfully. Anybody want me to pray that they get the gift of generosity and giving? Anybody? No hands. Funny. Huh. Okay. Um, but one of the other gifts he says that you can have is the gift of service. The gift to serve. And so that word serve is a different word than is used in the previous passages we looked at. This is the word diakoneo. And the word diakoneo sounds like a word that we use here in the 21st century. It's the word deacon. And, and the word diakoneo means to be a servant or to wait tables, kind of like I did at the Outback. So it's to be a servant or to wait tables. 
uh, it is not a position of leadership per se, as much as it is a position of service. And so our, our deacons are ones who serve. And, and we're all called to be, in a way, we're all called to be deacons. We're all called to serve. Jesus is our model for that. Uh, in John chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus said, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. In Matthew 20, 28, Jesus says that he is our example. He said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to be a servant. He didn't come to be served by anyone. He came to be a servant. And so our job is to follow his example and to be servants as well. So we've looked at two Greek words. There's latruo and diakoneo. And then this last one I want to show you uh, is a different word. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, but it can also mean to serve. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so Jesus says that you have to either, you either serve God or you serve your stuff. You're either a slave to God or a slave to your stuff. And that's what the word there, uh, slave, a servant, is the word doluo, and it means to be a slave or to be a servant or to serve. And so Jesus is saying that you cannot be a slave to both God and money. You, you will either serve God or you will serve your stuff. Either God will be your master or your stuff will be your master. And we are called, as followers of Jesus, to serve God first. To serve God primarily. Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We serve God first. And what you have to know about service is that service is an act of worship to God. Like I said, worship is more than just an hour on a weekend. Worship is a lifestyle of serving God. We serve him with our voices when we sing. Uh, we serve him uh, when we uh, get involved in the church. That service is an act of worship to God. So I want to talk about three different ways that you can serve God. And the question I have, one of two questions I have. First question is this. What gifts of service will you bring to God? What gifts of service will you bring to God? We talk about three gifts that God gives us here at GFCC. And it's our time, our talent, and our treasure. So what gift of time can you give to God in, in service? What gift of time? I, I got a great idea for you. Uh, uh, to take some time to carve out a little bit of time to serve God today. You can do this today. It's at our ministry center, our GFCC ministry center of New Elliott, down at 1815 South Colfax. We, for two hours today, we're going to open the doors and hand out food and clothing to people in need. And if you have two hours, and I know what you're thinking, I know what you're thinking. Sean, the Bears play at noon, and the game doesn't end until 3.20. The game's already over, folks. Game's already over. I, I, I can tell you how it's going to end. I can tell you, I tell you what's going to happen. And you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. But why, why take three and a half hours sitting in front of your TV, screaming at it because the bears stink, when you could go serve people at the ministry? You serve God by serving people at the ministry center. You'll feel so much better about yourself. You'll feel so much better about life. The game is going to end one way or the other, and you're going to probably going to lose. I'll say it. I'll say it. Take a couple hours, carve out some time, get, devote some time to serving God there at the ministry center today. Or take some time and serve God here at church like on a weekend. 
you know, come to service, come to one service in worship and praise God in song. And then at another service, serve God, uh, serve God in the children's ministry, serve God in the tech ministry, serve God in the worship ministry, serve God in the hospitality ministry. We have different ministries you can get involved in and you can, I, this is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound revolutionary. You can go to more than one service. Seriously? Yeah, you can come and praise God at one and serve God at another. I never thought of that. Really? Spend, spend, spend two hours at church? <gasps> really? It's true. It's true. You could do three. You could do three. Then, then you're guaranteed to go to heaven. Um, but uh, if you do three in a weekend, why do you think I'm here? Like three services every weekend, right? So um, i got to make sure I get in. Um, but uh, no, that's not how you get into heaven. You do not get into heaven by going to church. Okay, don't, don't hear me wrong. Okay, people online, it's not how you get to heaven by going to church. Uh, it doesn't hurt, but it, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's not how you get into heaven. So give your gift of time. Give a gift of time in service. Uh, second way is give a gift of your talents. Serve God with your talents. And maybe you have a musical talent, or maybe you have a teaching talent, or maybe you have uh, a serving talent, or a giving talent, or an encouraging talent. Whatever your talent is, use it to serve God first. Serve God by serving others by using the talents that he's blessed you with. Uh, the, the third way is through your treasure. That you can use your treasure to serve God. And you can make a sacrifice of your treasure in order to serve others and serve God. Uh, for example, um, maybe you're a Starbucks person. Any Starbucks people here today? There's a few. Yeah. Okay. Excited about Starbucks. That's great. Um, so here's the thing. Maybe you could give up one day of Starbucks and, and just one latte a week. Just give up one latte a week. Take that $75 that it costs and just, oh my goodness, so expensive. So very expensive. Take that $75 and tell you what you do instead is you, you uh, sponsor a child in, a, in another country. It's a great way to use your treasure to serve God. Take that money and, or take that money and take one latte a week. Take that $75, buy some groceries and stock the blessing boxes. You know, take, take a latte and turn it into four cans of green beans and put it in the, in the blessing box for somebody who needs it. It's a great way to make a sacrifice of treasure in order to serve God. Um, the, the second question I have for you is this, is how will you use your gifts to serve God? How will you, I, you got to be intentional about it. it can't, you cannot accidentally be a servant. You can't accidentally serve God. You've got to be intentional about it. So I want you to think about this today, is how am I going to take my time, my talent, my treasure, and how am I going to serve God with it this week? You know, it's Thanksgiving week, right? I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to get together. We're going to uh, stuff ourselves with turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy. And nobody likes cranberry sauce. It's true. It's the, like the number one least favorite thing at Thanksgiving dinner. They did a study on it. Um, pumpkin pie. Oh, pumpkin pie. We're going to do that too. You know, but how can you truly show God that you're thankful by serving someone else? How can, you be, how can you show God uh, and be intentional about serving somebody, be intentional about serving God so that he will be pleased with you and he will honor those, Jesus said, who serve him? You know, a gift is meant to be given. And God has given us so many gifts, gifts of time, talent, and treasure. 
And a gift is meant to be given. And when we do that, when we give our gifts, when we give away the gifts that God has given to us by, by using them for serving other people, God is pleased. We put a big smile on his face when we serve other people. And that's what we want to do. We want to put a big smile on God's face. And when, when we serve other people, when we serve him first, he is pleased. So let's do that, okay? Let, let's get out there and let's be intentional about serving somebody and serving God this week. And when we do that, we will truly know what it means to put God first.